Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. The original man versus the president. We're talking Slambery 1999. You listen to them. Now hang out with us. This is After 83 Weeks with Christy Olson. That's me. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Woo! Hello, everybody, all the 83 Weeks fans out there, and welcome to After 83 Weeks with Christy Olsen. We are talking Slambery 1999 today. Maybe not WCW's best show. However, a lot of very juicy tidbits came out in this After 83 Weeks episode, and we are going to break it all down for you. Let me introduce you to the panel, a guy who is a veteran of the biz, and uh, he's an evil owner. He's like all kinds of fun things that I like to go watch at indie shows. (laughs) You can call him Christian Rosenberg. You can call me that. Hello, Christy. How are you? I am great, thank you. Glad to have you here. I'm glad to be here. And this guy, we call him the Encyclopedia of Sports Entertainment. He's also an indie wrestler, and um, he's wearing a very schnazzy shirt tonight. (laughs) It's George Hermosa. Hi, George. Hello. Now now that I know your mom is watching, hello, Mrs. Olsen. (laughs) I can't wait to meet you. Always. She is always watching. What do you have to say to her, Mr. Uh, Steve Kaufman, the producer of all the WWE veterans, YouTube channels? <laughs> you're, you're running all the stuff. I'm running a lot Steve. of stuff. Um, <laughs> I think George, George and I and you, Christy, have all taken Jimmy Hart's note, which is Ooh. you want to dress. If you want to dress like the fans, you might wind up sitting with them. Well, here's the thing, because I noticed how you did not include me in that. Yes. I, it's because fans Uh-oh. can dress Uh-oh. like me at ProRacingTees.com slash Christian Rosenberg. Woo! You're welcome. You're welcome. And I also Sorry. know that lady uh, wrestling fans know all the good hair and makeup because they watch the Bellas. So, you know, if you're rocking this high pony, then you do look like the fans <laughs> up in here. We want to welcome all the 83 Weeks fans. If you guys have listened to their show about Slambery 1999, this is the place where to come. We may have uh, one Eric Bischoff joining us a little bit later. We may have a Q&A with him on our show every single week. And if you guys want to subscribe, make sure you hit the button below and give us a little thumbs up. You can also uh, listen to us on Apple Podcasts. And maybe we would love a five-star rating. I'm just saying. We might shout you out. What what about six-star? I would love a six-star rating. Sparkle if this was a that. podcast in Japan, it'd be six-star. <laughs> oh, got it. Because yeah. it's not in Japan. It's in America. It's only five stars. We're huge in Japan. If yeah. you subscribe to this podcast in the Tokyo Dome, you can rate it six stars. <laughs> Got it. So everyone go to the Tokyo Dome, subscribe to this podcast, and then you can and rate give it, it a 17.8 stars. <laughs> that, seems per- stars. that seems fairly simple. <laughs> Isn't it? You yeah. just go to the Tokyo Dome and then subscribe to all yeah. your things. Well, we love our fans around here because, um, you know, on a week like to this week where we may or may not have Eric Bischoff calling in answering your questions, we like to just talk to everybody about what we found interesting on this specific episode of 83 Weeks. And, you know, as per usual, Eric Bischoff and Conrad, they spill a little juice. 
they spill the tea. There, it's like all the words that like the beauty bloggers who are fighting right now. <laughs> you guys don't know anything about that, but there is this huge feud going hey, down I, right now. I, I, you do a I little go, bit. I, I go to TMC.com. <laughs> you know, I know I'm all about that TMC, right? Well, the rest Turner of the movie isn't, classics. Yeah. It's it's TCM. The movie channel. Oh, TCM. Yeah, yeah. TCM. I mixed them up. <laughs> the pro wrestling world doesn't get quite as contentious, but we did all sit down and watch uh, Slambury 1999, and we listened to this episode of uh, 83 Weeks, and we want to talk a little bit about all the stuff that came about. The thing that was glaring to kind of me was, like, this backstage blast you know, I sit and listen to Eric and Conrad talk, and I always just kind of my number one thought is like, what are the guys going to think about this? And by the guys, I mean you three. Right well, we're the here. guys. Yeah. We're, the, we're not the, yeah. We're not just the schmucks. We're the guys now. We've well, upgraded. When, the guys. Well, when she talks to Eric, it's these, these schmucks, <laughs> you these, know, these the savages. <laughs> so when he doesn't really remember what was the backstage blast back in the day, I want to come to you guys and be like, do you remember the backstage blast? What was that? No. What was oh. if, any, if anyone knows oh, it's George. I, I sense the if attitude. anyone knows it's Already? George. No idea. Was that I, not thought, a thing? I thought that was a video game, but that was backstage assault. No, in '99, I remember them advertising the backstage. I don't remember it at TV, all. To direct TV customers sounds like a big deal. Well, it's extra money. I think that was. I was explaining to someone this morning about how every piece of technology has the new part, the fun part, <laughs> and then the not fun part. DirecTV didn't hit the not fun part until about 2002, 2003. And the new part was like mid-90s. In 1999, you had the fun part where you could literally say, hey, you want to pay us more money? We might give you stuff. And if we don't give you stuff, we're probably not going to let you cancel it. (laughs) We're just going to take your money. All right, so somehow we've gone from pro wrestling 1999 to cable broadcasting 1999. Yeah, or broadcasting in general. Or we're not getting from that. (laughs) I didn't have DirecTV, so I, mean, I did I not had either. No idea. I didn't either, but I had friends who did. I had friends who did, and because actually, I'm remembering the one friend who had both DirecTV and a TV with picture in picture. I must have been so, rich. So we would go seriously. We would go <laughs> over his house on Mondays to specifically switch back and forth between Raw and SmackDown within a picture in picture, so you could watch both in real time and figure out what what was worth tuning into and not tuning into. It was a lot of fun. Uh, well, we learned we learned about these sort of hardcore fans uh, on this episode of the show, and all the hardcore fans, of course, know about the power plant. And I think in this day and age when we have um, the Performance Center and a lot of these, a lot of Bischoff and Ross and those guys talk about the Performance Center as somewhere that anywhere anybody can go to <laughs> and just kind of like pay to to get into um, the power plant that's not what it is yeah and the power plant kind of was that back in the day I think that's where they get that from yes yes um, I I remember being you know watching and like they would have the commercials for the power plant and I remember like as a teenager wondering which is like do they have people who are it? not wrestlers go to the power plant like managers commentators I don't I'm honestly coming. think they I'm did I'm coming for you but but I, I always found it interesting because and all the talk which you know they mentioned the podcast is Goldberg was obviously the greatest pupil of the power plant because <laughs> it was essentially him and like Sergeant Craig Pittman I think was like the only other one that really came through so I wish more people were able to go through I don't remember you guys would know better than me who were the who were the main trainers uh, Buddy Lee Parker okay. Buddy Lee Parker yeah. Sergeant Buddy Lee Parker mm-hmm. yeah. And oh, Oli, that's right. So I mean, Oli, it was, it was Oli, all Oli Anderson's idea. Well, like, yeah. Oli yeah. ran the school, but he didn't train. Like, right, he wasn't, he wasn't the trainer. 
who was in a trainer, he'd come in and work with like top people to like get them seasoned and ready because it's his name. Sure. But there were a lot of other just under trainers that I, I like. First off, I like bringing up NXT with Eric Bischoff. And a, a bit of a spoiler, I, I, this is going to stay on the Patreon page, patreon.com slash, or patreon.com slash 83 weeks. Last Thursday, I invented a game called Who Dat NXT Edition, where I showed him a picture of someone who's on the NXT roster Ooh, and asked him, who is that? And the, f- the first person I showed him was Nigel McGuinness, and it took him longer than I thought it would take. And if you want to see all the, all the other four or five people gotta go to patreon.com slash 83 weeks but what I do find funny is he calls it next he said it in this episode and he said I, it in our I conversation no, last I week noticed, I noticed that he was well. like yeah we don't have a next an NXT a next like it, he's it, it's more like next 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 <laughs> like he just he's not on that wavelength yet I think he'd really enjoy NXT if he watched it I mean, I think we should probably tell him that it's NXT instead of sitting here. We're really trying. I know. Like, I like him oh calling God, him next. Can we leave it? Let him, let him call him next, next forever and ever. In his defense, <laughs> that's Eric Bischoff. We're on his channel right now. He can call it whatever the yeah. hell he wants. That's I'm he not correcting him. <laughs> I'm just nuts or next. I'm just pointing out that that's what he calls it. <laughs> we all heard him call him that. And we were like, oh, we, uh, that's cute. That's what. Let him be also, cute. that's what Vince McMahon called it in 20, 2009. No, guarantee you, Vince McMahon and Eric Bischoff know the same amount of stuff about NXT. <laughs> I swear to you, I promise, I would put my life on it. Vince McMahon and Eric Bischoff have the same amount of knowledge about NXT. I swear. That makes perfect sense. Seeing <laughs> what we see on Raw. It does. That's right now. Okay, do you guys remember watching Goldberg on QVC? I remember because I'm had, guessing like, you two haven't watched QVC why for a would I very watch long QVC? time. Well, I watched Goldberg it because, was on it because in it was this thing, because it was this thing where like WWF had was on uh, Home, Home Shopping Network and then yeah. WWF was on QVC. So, yes. so even that was like going back and that, that was like its own little Monday Night Wars like, between the shopping thing? channels. It's like AfterBuzz TVs, you know. We have no competition. Right. Yeah, AfterBuzz TVs. Gabby Loren is on one of them, and she's not on one of the other ones. So we watch the one that she's on. What? She's trying to she's trying to explain after Best TV having I'm competitors to go QVC without naming the competitors. NBC and whatever. Oh, got it. QVC. You guys. I thought you, I thought you were trying to reference shopping that after Buzz TV had competitors, shopping which network. we know is not the case because after Buzz TV has no competition because we're number one <laughs> in after show recaps. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, listen. After Buzz edition. <laughs> we had we had some uh, we had some sad news this week. And um, one of our uh, WCW veterans, who we know very well and love, Silver King, passed away in the ring. And of part of the reasons why we love the show is because it gives Eric Bischoff a platform to talk about that. And um, he didn't have a ton to say, but he did remember Silver King as someone who was pleasant and happy, grateful, laughing, smiling. And this kind of gave him the opportunity, gave Eric the opportunity to talk about the influence of the luchadors on WCW. And I think that's so important, especially as we're talking about 1999 in the time where Raw, uh, WWF Raw is killing it. Um, WCW is doing worse than ever, and Eric calls this kind of the beginning of the end, this worst time in WCW history. The Luchadors were carrying this stuff. They really were. And um, I think we can take maybe a moment to uh, remember Silver King. You guys remember uh, watching his matches or just, just being a fan in any well, kind he, of a way that's I mean, he, significant? He's, I, I wouldn't necessarily say I was like the biggest fan of Silver King, but he was one of those 
cruiserweights who never really got the title, that really stood out to me because here's a luchador wearing a cowboy hat mm. out to the ring, and I'm just like, I'm like, that doesn't add up. Mm. Uh, so, so like he always kind of stood out a little bit to me, just just from his look and and Eric Eric was right. He always. I think most of his time in WCW, he was a heel. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. But he he still always had like the massive smile on his face going down in the ring. And I mean, he, he was he was very talented. Um, and I mean, it's it's so crazy when you hear that a wrestler pass away in the ring. And at the same time, it's one of those things where you're almost kind of shocked it doesn't happen more often than it does. Exactly. That was my thought all day today. Yes. I mean, if anything, I, I thought he stood out because he was one of the few luchadors that didn't have a mask. Like, him True. and El Dandy were the ones that stood out to me the most because, mm-hmm. like, here's a guy, maybe, I already kind of thought, like, I knew anything, so I was like, oh, maybe he lost it already in a, in a mask because I always think that everybody starts off in a mask, but maybe he lost it already. But it's more so, like, it's one of those don't, uh, what's that phrase where, like, you don't know what you got, what you have until it's gone, mm-hmm. where, like, you know, after he passed away, you start to see little, little gifts or gifs. Gif. <laughs> Everybody says gif, or, or, but I heard the guy invented it. But I heard that guy invented it. Says is, is said a gif. He was trolling. But then you gone. heard like, but then you, you see uh, gifs or gifs of like him versus like Eddie Guerrero or like a bunch of the mm-hmm. stuff from WCW. I'm like, man, this guy was great. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't just working with Eddie, but like he can like you, you thought that just because he's a big guy, he can't move as fast or as maybe some of those younger guys or, or uh, smaller guys. But that guy was good. Like he, he was really really good. He, he was also one yeah um, one of those first mainstream. Cruiserweights that wasn't a cruiserweight. Like right. Ben Goldwyn just saying, like he was a bigger guy, but he was still considered a cruiser because he moved like a cruiserweight mm-hmm. did, like I a pre Samoa Joe. Is that maybe what what Bischoff meant in that those guys were successful in bringing a lot of attention to WCW in kind of defining this division by their you know fast. Because we had seen Fast nothing moves? like that, like up until like ninety five, yeah. ninety six, when the cruiserweights or the luchadors got brought in. Like I had never seen anything like that. This oh, no. is me not really watching ECW or Japan, Japanese wrestling. I knew a little bit of it. We saw a little bit glimpses of it, of like with Pillman and Liger and, and those people in ninety two, ninety three, but never like this. Yeah, I mean, you can do more off the top rope than a crossbody elbow drop or, yeah. or splash, and like build to it for the. You, you don't have to build to it for the entire match. You can right. just go to the top rope and do a move. And to exactly. the point, That's a move. And, and to the point where WWF even tried copying it by bringing a lot of. Triple A guys, and it completely failed. I mean, that whole '97 Royal Rumble was built, hopefully, you know, to get the Mexican crowd that was right there in near San Antonio. But yeah, it was just you know, Silver King. Like, it makes me want to go back and watch him even more. Um, it sucks that kind of in this situation, but mm-hmm. like, you see clips of him. I'm like, man, like, this is how we work. Like, I don't remember that because we most remember Ray, Hoovy, Eddie, Kidman, and all those guys. But like, wow, like that guy was really, really good. Mm-hmm. And as um, as people who work in independent uh, promotions around Los Angeles, and I mean, I just think, as you said, it's kind of a wonder that this sort of thing doesn't happen more often. It, it, it is. I mean, and that has nothing to do even with the danger of the sport. Or no, not. it was just you know, like from just you know everything that they're putting their bodies through. For I mean, he was fifty one, mm-hmm. and he's in a ring wrestling, and he was wrestling Hoovy apparently. Yeah. yeah. Ironically enough. So then, with that, I mean, because, you know, it's one of those things where I'm, like, proud, but at the same time, I'm very upset with how many 10-bell salutes I've been a part of. Mm -hmm. 
um, you know, saying like I'm part of that brother and sisterhood, but at the same time, you know, wow, like, you know, here's another person, whether it's a local person um, or someone that was on TV or or a legend. I was, the last one that, that I was a part of was the one for Mean Gene. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, we did one at a show. Now, I had to speak, like, on behalf of the entire locker room for Bobby Heenan's, mm-hmm. which was very, very difficult, to say the least, being he's one of my personal heroes in wrestling. But so a situation like this, all, all like, the, the Lucha Libre shows, I mean, I don't know if AAA has a show coming up or anything like that, but, I mean, they're going to have some so. big type of tribute for him, as they should. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just crazy how something like this can happen. And, and especially, you know, this might sound cliche, but, you know, when you think of the kids... Yeah. When you think of the kids that were live in that audience there for a wrestling show and you're witnessing somebody pass away in mm-hmm. front of your eyes mm-hmm. that you maybe some idolized in that in that arena. It's mm-hmm. crazy to think that. Mm-hmm. And they canceled the whole. Then they canceled the show after that match. As they should. Obvi- absolutely, <laughs> but like that it's one thing if that happens and they rush him to the back and then they just keep going on the show cuz they don't know what happens. You may not remember just that from that night, but if if that happens and then you cancel the show, you're gonna remember. You're gonna remember mm-hmm. that time you went to a wrestling show, saw three For matches. The rest of your life, mm-hmm. yeah, you saw three matches and they had to cancel it because of what happened in the third match. And we talked with Eric Bischoff last week about Sting coming from the rafters and kind of how to handle that kind of respectfully with Brett being around. And uh, we encourage everybody to go back and listen to last week's episode. And in the meantime, we are going to be back with more after 83 weeks with Christy Olson. Stay tuned. Welcome back to After 83 Weeks. We are talking Slambury 1999. We are just about to jump into this pay-per-view, which, according to Eric Bischoff, looked a little low-budget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When he went back and, uh, and, and rolled this one again, did you guys get the same uh, feeling from Slambury 1999? They had I mean, the it, pinwheel sparklers. It definitely had a different feel than, like, 97, which we just watched, you know, yeah. last week, a couple weeks ago with Stampede and Slambury, but it just felt a little different. I don't know, like, not in a good. It just, it felt like it was kind not, of becoming not in a little. A good way? Well, no, I'm saying no. it, it looked like sh- uh, surely, but sure, whatever. Slowly but surely, they were starting to look a little bit more and more like the WWF. Well, I mean, even according according to Eric, from the pyro to the stage to the entrances, he calls this embarrassing. I mean, compared to what they had, absolutely. <sighs> And compared to what they could be capable of, yeah. okay. like as an organization, like if WCW were its own company independent of Time Warner mm-hmm. from 97 to 2001 at least and I think this is an argument Eric has made before at least he would have been able to fail on his own merit yeah mm-hmm. but he, he was never allowed to fail on his own merit he was allowed to fail at not being good at politicking in the midst of a merger. But he also got to be kind of a character. I mean, that's something that most executives don't have to deal with. Eric Bischoff is a character in sort of this world as well, and he kind of takes the baby face producer role in this pay-per-view. We haven't seen him on TV for a while. Did you guys think that was effective? It made zero sense to me. Oh, okay. So, Be- no? <laughs> no, because if one of your marquee matches is to determine the president of WCW... And then Eric Bischoff comes out and changes the ruling that only a president could do (laughs) and restarts matches like a president could do. Not buying it? No! (laughs) Not in the least! I don't necessarily blame him for it. It just made zero sense. Yeah. 
I think a lot of things that happen in this show, um, he can look back and say, yeah, like, that was... Like, there's no explaining it. You know, you listen to Pritchard and he'd say, whoa, this and that, <laughs> this and that. It's like, Pr- Bischoff will sit there and say, yeah, we messed up. Like, I, I, I totally messed up. Mm-hmm. Even the whole, like, when Conrad brought... And this is what I thought was the most interesting part of the show. When Conrad brought up, like, you know, relying on, on the veterans, like Hogan, Savage, Piper, Flair, and not relying on some of the up-and-comers. But also, like, I kind of defend Eric in a little bit where, like... You know, you had guys like Benoit, Jericho, Mysterio, Guerrero, who were all future world champions. So what do you do with them? What do you do with them in 99? Like, do you just give them the championship? Because it's not like they went to WWF and were champions immediately. Well, you can attempt to push them <laughs> instead of put but two of them way, in like, no, 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 I'm not, You actually talked in this episode him. about the criticism of not pushing Yeah, pushing him is an easy answer. Them. I'm saying, what do you do? Like, it's easy to push them, but it's like, were, do you think they were ready? You know, was Benoit ready for that push? Yeah, he was great in the ring physically, but that doesn't mean he was ready for it. You know, li- you, like, he, it's obvious what you do. You make Chris Benoit world champion literally three months too late. That's what you do. I'm kidding. That's what they did. But but no, I'm I'm saying push. I did not say put a title on them. I said you push them to have a meaningful feud with who? Like I'm saying, like it, it's all very generic. It's like because we saw it, we we saw these guys get TV time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, the argument can be made for Jericho. Yeah, maybe his 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 feud with Goldberg was botched, and then obviously it was put at Saturn. But it's like with other things, like what do you do with them? Because they're on TV every week. They're they're getting great matches. Like what what do you do? Like I'm I'm asking you not to argue. I'm asking Benoit you, like, and Flair. Okay. Yeah, um, is it something we we never really never got, got right? Not like as a feud, but just like you know. No, just but something. like, and I think he and this was also there were two different points in this episode where Eric gave the not Bruce Pritchard answer. I'll call it because Bruce Pritchard were kind of used to this format because it's the original <laughs> version of this format where Conrad will have a question like this and Bruce Pritchard will go, Ah, oh, well, uh, you know, Vince we, and blah blah blah. We tried, and yeah, what are you gonna do? Whereas. And, like, never take any blame or any responsibility and, like, give a decent explanation for where they may have been at that time. Whereas this, at this point, Eric answered the question with, you're right. (laughs) You're right. Not even with hindsight, just in general. We ran Ric Flair versus Piper when we should have been running Piper versus someone and Ric Flair versus Mm -hmm. someone. Mm -hmm. But we were too, we were too reliant on known Right, to help, On, like I'm saying, to help elevate and push those guys. So then, eventually, yeah. oh, now it makes sense for this guy to get a title shot. Because, like, what difference was it in '99 when they didn't do that? When in 2000 they did do that, and late. it still kind of failed. It was too late at that point. WCW already tanked. Can I put you guys on the spot a little bit and say who would you have put Roddy and who would you have put? Well, Rick I remember Blair around this time and again, and in, hi- in hindsight, it's really easy to say this, but at that time, I thought Buff Bagwell was it could have been a huge star. He looked like a huge yeah, star. he looked yeah, like, like a big star. Like he, I thought he had personality. I thought he was decent enough in the ring. Yeah, and in hindsight, it's easy to say, oh yeah, Buff was you know his mama, whatever this. Yeah, but what do you at think the time, held him back? His mom, but like. <laughs> But like, but like at the time, I think they were building up for a Piper versus Bagwell, and never really phased out, and you know, much like how it did. But I thought he was going to be a big star. Uh, I thought Booker T was on his way up. And I, I thought they still should have kept the mask on Mysterio, but I can see what they were trying to do with them. But like, mm-hmm. like he still looked like you a could, little kid. You could have, you could have Flair versus Benoit, being Benoit was a horseman, branching away from that student versus teacher type story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could have had Jericho versus Piper. Two guys, two schemers, the future scheme guy and and crazy Piper and as crazy as Jericho was. You could have, I mean, again, it also depends on if the people were willing to do so. Right, yeah. Because um, they, they, like, they did Nash and Mysterio, but I feel that was too late. 
of like you know the giant like the giant versus the underdog but i felt like they could have done that sooner than they did why do you guys think these matches didn't happen? You guys, as fans, wanted them. They make sense now on paper. I think as money, as much as people deny it, I think it's all politics. I oh, think sure. I think it's guys like Hogan and Flair, and he'll never admit it to us or anyone else. Mm-hmm. But like, I think it's guys like Hogan saying, like, I don't want to work with this guy. Like, I'm I'm, I'm above this. I'm you know I, I I'm big money. You know, because like I'm kind of curious. Like. I'm kind of curious. <laughs> I'm trying to let Christian know her cup's yeah, about her to spill cup over. Is fine. <laughs> her cup is fine, you know, because, I mean, I think, and, and he even referenced this, like, months ago, when you had guys like Hogan come back and face Savage and Warrior and Piper, because that's what he knew. He knew that was big money, because it was big money in 1990 and 89 and 85. Can you imagine so, Savage versus Guerrero? But I think he's fun with that. But, but, but I think can he's. You, but can you though? Because at this point in time, he gets Eric Bischoff gets a lot of flack for not bringing in those new guys, not putting them against the old guys, not putting them over. Because whatever that's, it is. that's exactly what I'm saying. It's like, were they really would, ready? Would it really? Would yes? Were they ready? Would it have saved WCW? Because you can't just randomly put somebody. No, you have, in, no, you in you have to build it up, and that would have been their ultimate test. Some right. some would be ready, some wouldn't. But the fact that you're Given the chances, the fans are are being you know more They're so introduced. They're satiated for it, yes. Um, and you know, and obviously they've seen them in the first hour, yeah. But now we're seeing them in the third hour of of Nitro. So that can, I mean, the perfect WWE example of this is Jeff Hardy. If you were to look okay. back with Jeff Hardy, he was just a tag team guy. Occasionally had you know they had the tag team run. Occasionally got a, a little mid card. Short mid card title on IC title on hardcore title on yeah a little here and but there but then then he got oh wait he randomly has a shot against Triple H mm-hmm. on a SmackDown mm-hmm. and it was just like and he beat him for the Intercontinental title at that point mm-hmm. and everyone went nuts it was like wait a minute he just beat the main eventer and then he eventually lost the title kind of floundered a bit but they're like okay but now we've gravitated we've seen him be able to pull this off then he had that famous ladder match with Undertaker where mm-hmm. he lost but. We, they grew him. They built him up for us to follow. Be like, all right. We saw him start down here. He's working ways up. He got knocked down. He's climbing back up. WCW did not do that with anyone, mm-hmm. and that's part of the reason that it eventually failed. Because we didn't have our Jeff Hardy. I mean, today's WWE. I could say they're probably doing that with Mustafa Ali, but. I mean, obviously, I mean, there's still a long way to go with that. Because they bring them all into NXT. Right. In and you're starting to get to Orlando, know them and starting to build their way Before they up. have ever stepped foot in a ring yeah. in their lives. Right. So, so like, you know, they're building them up that way. Right. Obviously, WCW didn't have the NXT at mm-hmm. that point, so they didn't have that showcase. But if you tried to build up, you had Benoit win some mid-card titles, mm-hmm. and then he eventually lost them. But they didn't continue the elevation with it. Then he just sat there and was forgotten about because they wanted to put push Nash and Hogan and Flair and Piper and Savage and so on. So guys like that, that's what halted and eventually led to the decline, in my opinion, of WCW is because people got sick of the same main events. I don't care what anybody like, and he's he's never going to admit this because... For one thing, he's already said that it's not true. But I think that no matter what. Oh my God! If you come in on Bischoff for letting Hogan like no, no, pick no, no, the finishes, no, 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 Hogan no, 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 won't no, 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 job no. for so and so. I'm saying like he said, no matter what happened, no matter how successful they would have been, that 
Jamie Kellner would have, or and Turner would have already canceled Nitro and Thunder, no matter how successful they would have been. I, I disagree. Be- I believe that. I oh, disagree. How, how do you, if you're a network, why would Bullshit. you ever get, why would you ever cancel a money making show? Right. Agree. He's obviously he's just going to say that because he doesn't want to admit saying like, yeah, well, we messed up, you know, because the creative sucked because we didn't push the well, new stars and whatnot. No, but I think it might be a point where like you have to remember this was Eric Bischoff's baby. This is what he. This was his um, greatest. Creation. It was probably it's his greatest, greatest creation. creation, and it's a great uh-huh. freaking creation. We're in if that any top of us five, could guys. claim it, yes. Listen, if anyone could claim that, they absolutely would. But like, you have to remember that this was one of the most um, feated feats in all of TV history mm-hmm. to go up against Vince McMahon mm-hmm. and to win a little bit even and to um, go on as long as WCW did and to be as successful as they mm-hmm. were and then to all of a sudden be enveloped by WWE and mm-hmm. now that WWE every single year is making money off of WCW creative mm-hmm. we can never let that leave there us. was an audience there was an audience there you know even like the There's last Nitro, the last Nitro, did like a better rating than they did like the previous months. You know, mm-hmm. there's there's always been an audience there, and just I think I, like you were saying, like you should have built the stars because there was the, there was no end game for them. You know, there was just like all right, we're done. Like they now just what? Wanted to survive. I, because I always thought of like NWO and WCW. I thought that was a movie, and it was a great movie. Mm-hmm. But the difference between WWF and WCW was WCW is a soap opera. Soap operas still go on mm-hmm. and on and on. Movies end. The I, end. We're my not, grandmother is ninety three years and, old. Yeah. And she watches Days of Our Lives. And they had every no, day. they had no like chapter two or chapter three. They were just done. They didn't know what to do. To to refute your point that you think WCW would have survived had their creative been better, I would like to point out an apt example of HBO at the time of season one of Game of Thrones decided to let both Boardwalk Empire and the Newsroom and a couple oh. other and a couple yes. other very good but very mm-hmm. costly shows mm-hmm. that have been on the network Bye, Olivia Munn. I didn't they say. let them go they let them go and the reason they did that was they knew what their faith was in which is we'd rather spend less to develop a new show that might become the next newsroom than pay for a fourth season of the but, but I didn't say and the newsroom wasn't but that I didn't anyway. say WCW survived because they were being creative I said WCW when if they were making money well, Turner yeah. would have never canceled it if they were making money. They were losing a ton of money. And of yeah. course, you're, it's easy to say, wow. let's cancel WCW. Think, but from everything that Eric Bischoff says, and you have to remember this was a completely different time in professional wrestling as well, from everything he says, they looked at this as a liability. Who's they? Turner? Turner. Turner, okay. yes. Well, yeah, yeah obviously were- it was because of everything that happened. Mm-hmm. No, no, but the, everything... Okay. It could have been making millions of dollars, and they said, oh, that's that lowbrow wrestling BS. But it's making We're money. We're not doing it. But, but that's money in our pockets. Why would they delete? Why would they just cancel well, no, but in the midst in of a, Heading into a merger, what happened is they were making a bunch of money, so they're like, oh, man, they're making a bunch of money. These six divisions are incurring a bunch of debt. Let's throw this debt on this one wrestling division so that these yeah. divisions, the guys in charge of these divisions who've been doing it 20 years can get the stock option we think they're worth because we collectively are colluding kind of sort of against their official. I kind of side with George on this one because because do you think everyone on the Fox networks is happy WWE is coming to their network? No, they're not. There are no, areas that are and, not. And their but they friends, make so their much friends money. are losing out on guest spots because they're hiring WWE superstars to do guest spots on all the Fox shows now. Right. Yeah. But WWE is making the money. They're 
bringing in more money now than they ever have before. Therefore, Fox is going to welcome them with open arms and pay mm-hmm. them the billion mm-hmm. dollars mm-hmm. that they are. Mm-hmm. I just read about how they are um, less... Uh, worried about controversy than ever before. They are not taking care of controversial aspects more than ever before. They are more controversial than ever before. And yet, uh, there's still this air that they are more popular than ever before, and I think they're going to continue to get away with those things. Um, you look like you're chomping at the bit to say something, no, Steve. Nothing, nothing, <laughs> on, yeah, nothing on brand for this show. <laughs> I mean, especially, and especially too. Like, listen, like I, I, know, I know, I know. Next week they're going to talk about the Nitro book. Yes. Yeah. And, and, I mean, oh God, do I mean, not wait. I'm for that. sure it's a great book, but just because it doesn't come from this book doesn't mean that there's not a possibility of it being true. No, but honey, you have to understand that some people. On Unlike us, are journalists, and some people are real investigators, yeah. and some people have actually gone to college and they know how to find the truth in things. And I think that Guy is one of them. I think that his book is probably one of the it, it, it may be the only reliable source for this period of time in WCW. Um, from everything that Eric Bischoff has said, this is something that we can trust and believe in. And I think it's gonna be it's gonna be more telling. Well, Absolutely. Anything that we've ever heard I'm not taking any, anything away from the Nitro book, and obviously I'm not a big fan of Meltzer, because I think, like you said, with journalists, they all try to paint a picture. No! They do research! Ha, this they is go fun. to school to be <laughs> unbiased, <laughs> and they do research. Journalism is far different from what you and I do here. Was, it's Meltzer different from journalist? what Wade Keller... It's, no. No, okay, okay. That's all I need to know. That's no. all I need to Dave know. Dave Meltzer is not a no. Mel- journalist, Meltzer. and neither is Christy Reports. No, Dave Meltzer's, okay? Dave Meltzer's a historian to, he, to well, give him a lot of credit. That, but even being a historian, that would m- Listen, mean a lot of facts. we are talking about a sport that is scripted. When everything is entertainment, of course the reporting is going to be entertainment too. Of course. Mm-hmm. Yes, of course it is. Listen, we none of us, I don't think, have any errors about Where being... Where did this Christie come from this week? I uh, love this Christie. <sighs> Not a journalist, Christy. No, no more a fake journalist, just, Christy. The, the Christy just laying it down. Because I, I think I think it's easy to talk about this stuff during this pay per view, Slamboree nineteen ninety nine. Because it was so bad. yeah, because we saw we saw <laughs> Slamboree ninety seven. We saw how great of a pay per view that was, and we saw it's like it's only been two years. Like you know, granted, Raw and SmackDown haven't been. You're great. bringing your fan expectations too. I wanted ninety nine to be good too. I but, wanted but, WCW but nine, to but, continue. But it, it, it's proof that it can't. It could have been good. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. It's, yeah, not that, okay. it's not like it didn't have the possibility to be good. It could have been good. Okay. Well, I mean, if, if you look at the first match on the show, on paper, when you see Raven and Saturn versus Kim and Mysterio mm-hmm. versus yeah. Benoit and Malenko, mm-hmm. on paper, oh crap, this is going to be an amazing opening match. Right. It was horrible. Because they had no idea what they were doing. Saturn's still wearing a dress. Mm-hmm. Ray Mysterio's in overalls. Like, all like Bischoff was coming. It Like, they're cheering... The the people that are dark and not speaking, and they're booing the rest. It looked like I mean, Sat- Sat- it looked, was it looked like there were two fly-ins booked at a backyard wrestling show. <laughs> like Chris Benoit and Dean Malenko were both paid a hundred bucks to show up in this kid's backyard to wrestle. Whoever these guys are. I showed you that tape in confidence, Christian. <laughs> nope. Nope. I, Listen, I had to reveal I'm, it all. I'm so glad you guys brought this up because one of the main themes that Bischoff went to throughout this episode was that, like, listen, if you look like the audience, you're going to be the audience. And this is something that um, I don't 
I don't know about you guys, I have struggled with in the professional wrestling business of like looking the part, being 100% all the time. You got the lashes, the fake hair, the the heel, everything all the time. Me too. It's it's not right. <laughs> it's hard. Being, it's not cute and it's being, not fun. Being someone that on their other show has a weekly segment called Christian's Closet. Yes. Um, I study <laughs> these things quite a bit. Yeah. Especially when I rewatched this pay per view over the weekend, the thing that stood out to me the most out of just about anything. I'm going to pick it right now. Do it. Is it that Piper and Ric Flair were wearing the exact same tights? Yes. <laughs> That they were in like the same shade of blue <laughs> with the knee pads. Same blue, same blue knee pads. It was, it's, Bro, it's, it's, you it's, look like a tag team, not you, opponents. But yeah, it's it's one of those things where, like, if you go back, oddly enough, Randy Orton actually said this best on like his documentary of a. It's weird that I'm bringing him up, but like, <laughs> can't at hear you, bro. Of, at the beginning of his documentary that's on the network that he filmed years ago. He's opening up his bag in the locker room and he has like three or four different color trunks out. And he's like, alright, should I do red, blue, green? And then he's trying to think, alright, who am I Who am I wrestling tonight? Okay, they normally wear this, so I'm going to go with this one. It's common sense. Ric Flair has how many colors? Piper pretty much always was in blue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But Flair has a million different colors. Why do you need the blue robe with the blue trunks and the blue knee pads when your opponent is wearing blue trunks and a blue knee pads? It made no sense. Uh, Even Bischoff referenced it in his, like, his Jimmy Hart voice was like referencing it. Like, baby, baby, you're wearing the same color tights, baby. <laughs> I just... I just, I mean, this is fun because as people who have all kind of worked in the business, these are things that you do recognize. And I think when when someone sits down and listens to this episode of 83 Weeks, they're like, really, Bischoff? Who gives a crap what color ties they have? It matters. It It absolutely matters. (laughs) I mean, I just worked a wrestling show a couple weeks ago where... They wore the same colors, <laughs> and I'm watching on the monitor. I'm like, "Why the hell are they in the same color, in like the same style?" And she's like, "No, you should know who you're facing and have options." What I find funnier is like, I would say, 2008, 2009. Georgia, correct me on the exact year, but um, um, sorry, Roddy Piper and Ric Flair were tag team champions that was in the WWE. Okay, 2006. <laughs> were tag team champions in the WWE and they wore different color tights. Yes, they did. Because <laughs> Flair has options. So if they Piper could do did, it, Flair if they did. Could I thought Flair was wearing burgundy team, and then Flair was wearing Why blue. couldn't they do it as opponents? Oh, God. Listen, this is part of the fun. I think we represent that... Um, era of people who come at Conrad and Eric were like, why didn't you do this? What, uh, it could have been this way and it could have been better. And and we really appreciate doing that with him in person usually, which we can't do this week. But. I, I, I just want to make sure that we, that we do bring up the true MVP of this entire pay-per-view. The only good performer of this entire pay-per-view. He's going to say George? Charles Nate. Robinson. He's going to say Little Nate. Oh, <laughs> Little Nate. No, I'm, I'm, I am glad that you brought that up. Listen, that guy, I was blown away. I like watching this for the first time in a while. Blown I'm just away. like, well, I knew he was looking just like Ric Flair, but it's just like the fact that he carried the story of mm. that match so well mm. <laughs> that without a shadow of a doubt was the most entertaining match on the pay-per-view. Mm. And you... We're wrestling a woman who had no idea what she was doing, completely forgot to sell her knee after she was in a figure four, but it was still entertaining as all hell. And she's okay, and she's around, and she's cute. She's doing it. And she's probably. And the stuff in the things. She's um, probably gotten better <laughs> since that match. Um, Has she stayed in it? But Charles Robinson, I mean, man. 
part of I, I think what wrestling is lacking nowadays, I know this will never happen, but is like the refs and the announcers and the people getting into the storyline a little bit because that's unexpected. As, as a and former ref and announcer, no. I want that more. They did that on Impact Wrestling with John Morrison or Johnny Impact, whatever his name is now. Well, but he but he's a wrestler. We all knew that. Like Charles Robinson is still there. He could pull this off in a mania main event to this day, and um, we will probably never see it. Nope. I think he's one of the unsung heroes too. Like yes, he, yeah. he's still there. He's still doing his thing. Like he's so passionate about it. He you could, always hear good stories about him. He could be Little Nate in Japan. Sting for the next twenty years. <laughs> Working with Jeff Farmer. I think that's his retirement plan. I think it's a reverse. It's, it's a brilliant a, idea. I'm going to call that the reverse Nakamura. Who do we need to call to book <laughs> that match? Nakamura. I love it. We need to call someone to book that match. <laughs> Little Mage versus NWO Sting. Oh, guys. I had a hundred bucks to make this happen. <laughs> well, this has been fun. I think that we are going to have a lot more fun even next week. Uh, Eric and Conrad are going to be talking to Guy Evans, the author of the Nitro book. Again, probably a real journalist who has done his credible research. And um, I know I have tried to get the book several times and I haven't been able to, but I have to actually do that. Now that they <laughs> are going to be talking to guys. So I encourage everybody to uh, grab the book on Amazon.com. And we're all going to listen to, uh, I assume Eric's going to be interviewing him. Yeah. It's a, I think and that's what I want. I think they're going to be picking interview. apart like you know, the way Conrad does, which I'm excited for. Yeah, because Bischoff talks a little bit about the, the handful of times he's done an interview on this show and how uh, fulfilling that's been for him. And I just want to hear him do an interview. So, <laughs> uh, so we look forward to hearing that with all of you guys. And if they want to hit you up in the meantime, where do they do that? Follow Christian me Rosenberg. on Twitter at Real Rosenberg Instagram, TheRealRosenbergProSNTs.com slash Christian Rosenberg. See this shirt I'm wearing? You can buy it and look like me, so I cute. guess. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and of course, after Buzz TV, you can catch me recapping WWE SmackDown. Oh. I don't care what you say. You are a real journalist, Chris Reports. Uh, G H E R M O Z A, Twitter, Instagram, all the above. I'm Steve Coffin. You can find me on Twitter almost exclusively at Steve Coffin. That is K U F M A N N. I run most pro wrestlers' YouTube pages. If I tweet out the link, chances are I'm involved. Also, patreon.com slash 83 weeks. I'll be helping Eric, walking him through some of that extra content every week. I do try to do journalist things. You guys can check it out at youtube.com slash Reports. We love that you guys have tuned in today. Make sure that you hit subscribe, give us a thumbs up, and we will see you next week for the Big Guy Evans interview. Make sure you send your questions in. Have a great one. Bye-bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.